Hey, this is Nancy Herald, and welcome to my show, High Road to Humanity. In every episode, I tell you powerful true stories filled with great wisdom that you can use in your own life as you strive for a higher road to travel. My featured guests will have their own unique stories to tell that enlighten your mind and your soul. So kick back, relax, and learn the secret to success when you take the high road. First touch, strong connection, it lays deep in your soul. Hi, it's Nancy Herald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And today we are here with Philip Goldberg, and we're going to learn spiritual practice for crazy times. Okay, so this book, if you're watching me on YouTube, this is a must because we are in crazy time, and he has powerful tools to cultivate calm, clarity, and courage. So this is what we're going to talk about today. So definitely um, share this one with your friends if you're listening to me on the podcast. And if you're watching me on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Hey, you know how I work. I always talk a little bit about what's going on with humanity. And um, of course, I had to bring up the coronavirus today because, you know, we're in the process of getting this vaccine. And I pulled this up on USA Today. And it says, what is the status? of the vaccine in the U.S. and the Pfizer BioTech vaccine authorized by the FDA on December 11th for emergency use was being delivered to 145 hospitals, clinics, and public health systems in all 50 states on Monday morning. So that's cool. The first uh, vaccine recipients began getting the first dose on Monday. So that's positive. Then it goes on to say, are there side effects? Um, And it says Americans will likely experience at least one side effect from the COVID-19 vaccine, but doctors say that's normal and you should still get vaccinated. And they're talking about people who have allergies because in Britain, people who did have severe allergies apparently had allergic reactions to the Pfizer BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. Vaccine. So, and then it goes on to say, well, I'd be required to get the vaccine. And this is a whole show in itself. So um, I won't get into the whole thing, but it says for the short answer is yes. Public health and legal experts say, but a mandate is not likely anytime soon. So this will be interesting to see. I, I watch on Facebook and, and we'll have to ask Phil and see what he thinks about it. But some people don't want to get this. So it's, it's going to be an interesting situation here uh, to see if we have to get it. Can we get an airplane? My thought is, can you not get on an airplane if you don't have it? How is this going to work? So this is going to be different. So really quickly, let me talk about some good news uh, here for humanity. And I love this. Like the song says, there's no place like home for the holidays. I just wanted to sing that. Now, thanks to a pair of forward-thinking business owners in County Kerry, Ireland, three families will be moving into company-subsidized housing in plenty of time to see Santa come down the chimney, and that's just for starters. So Patricia and Tony Walsh, they're owners of Walsh Color Print in educate. They employ about 120 people in County Cork, Ireland, and um, people needed housing. And unfortunately, the housing options were limited. So I won't read the whole thing, but they built housing for their employees. Isn't this amazing? And so it's working out. They started this back in 2017. Uh, The people are getting ready to move in. They're selling the houses to them for like a half of the price. And I just think this is amazing. So that's our good news for humanity for today. All right. Now let's talk about Philip. Philip Goldberg has been studying the world's spiritual traditions for more than 45 years. So um, it's really nice he's here today. He's the author or co-author of some 25 books published in more than a dozen languages. His book, American Veda, was named by Huffington Post and Library Journal as one of the top 10 religious books of 2010. It was followed in 2018 by the popular biography, The Life of Yogamanda. I hope I just didn't blotch that. He blogs on spiritual and health and co-hosts the Spiritual Matters podcast. Welcome to High Road to Humanity, Phil. Great to be with you, Nancy. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited you're here. Well, you've been doing this a long time. So how'd you get started? Sure. Call attention to my age right off. <laughs> I've been doing this for a while, too. <laughs> no, the truth is, the updated bio says more than 50 years. Oh, so. my gosh. Okay, well, then we are really thrilled that you're here today. Yes, we are. What was the question? <laughs> How did you get started? What got you on the road oh, to doing this? Well, you know, it was the 60s, and right? I was 
I was a young man and I was uh, discontent and angry and uh, questioning yeah. everything. Okay. I was uh, I changing majors every semester, you know, and uh, the Vietnam protesting the Vietnam War and the civil rights movement was hot, and so I my attention was on you know changing the world, but at the same time uh, I was uh, discontent and uh, anxious and worried and trying to figure out what life was all about. Yeah. And then, you know, sort of became part of what came to be called the counterculture. And in that context, my sort of atheist, anti-religious, you know, Marxist <laughs> orientation came into question uh, with the introduction into my world of the teachings that came to us from the East. Okay. Well, what popular, uh, what in popular lexicon would be called Hinduism and Buddhism, mm -hmm. but was really sort of to me the uh, most appealing thing was the sort of practical philosophies of yoga and uh, Vedanta, which is you know, part of the uh, Indian legacy. And that. <clears throat> changed my life. I, I, I just saw that there was more to life than I thought. It all seemed to make sense to me. And what I liked the most was the promise of personal transformation without having to believe in things that I didn't necessarily find easy to believe in. So how and did so you, I, and like, what did you do? I mean, did you start meditating or, yeah, or what was, that's yeah. exactly what you did. And, you know, I want to ask you a question because you don't talk about this in your book. And I had um, a gentleman on last week and we were talking about meditation, but when you, when I started meditating and I'm just asking you this out of my own personal, you know, wondering, I started to connect with the divine and I started to immediately get messages did you did that happen to you too because nobody talks about that how come well i did talk about it in one section of the book in a different sense uh, right i wrote i wrote a book one of my first books back in the 80s was called the intuitive edge okay so the notion of being intuitive whether you think of it in secular terms of just you know intuition in the everyday sense or you mm -hmm. think of it as getting messages or some kind of con connection to divine uh, source of intelligence mm -hmm. uh, is uh, up to you. But it's not uncommon that when people take up a meditation practice, when, the, when part of what happens if you are have a good practice mm -hmm. is the mind quiets. Mm -hmm. And it, it's very clear from centuries of experience and even uh, modern research that when the mind is a little quieter uh, intuition and your your attunement to uh, the intuitive kind of knowing and feeling mm -hmm. uh, is much more acute right and and so it's it would not be uncommon for for somebody to get insights ideas, revelations. Mm -hmm. And if you have a certain orientation to life, you, you might say these are messages from the divine. Right. You know, a more secular person might just say, oh, you know, I had a good idea. Or I don't know where it came from. I just had this intuitive sense. Right. So it does happen. Right. Uh, it happened to me not in the form of voices or, you know, uh, flashes of <laughs> there was no lightning is what you're telling me <laughs> burning bush with a voice but I did start to understand life better and I did start to know things more right. you know that was definitely one of the one of the values of learning meditation practice back in the day and it, it still is yeah well and, and and i bring it up because everybody talks i mean it's definitely difficult to meditate for a lot of people i had the hardest time i'll just be honest with you it took me a long time to be able to and still i have a hard time i try to use a mantra and you talk in the book about that you talk about um, deep meditation and the power of deep meditation can you address that a minute 
Yeah, I use the word deep because, um, well, let me back up. There are many, many forms of meditation and many, many practices that are called meditation. And nowadays, a lot of it is being called mindfulness. Right. And there's, my, and there's a lot of confusion and overlap between the two. And, and um, so I, I try to explain all that in one of the early chapters of the book, because I think it's so important. Mm -hmm. um, many people feel that, you know, meditation is a luxury. Uh, and I tried to make the case that it's, it's more of a, a necessary maintenance in life, like right. brushing your teeth right. and showering. But uh, they also think it's difficult because, and, and the reason for that is they often have, either learned a practice that involves a lot of mind control and of concentration, mm -hmm. or they've never had proper instruction and, and they're sitting there trying to quiet their minds. Right. And that, that effort is difficult. And it's not something that comes easily to most people. And uh, there, there's a good reasons for that. And, but there are forms of meditation that don't involve mind control, that are more of a letting go of a natural and effortless process. And those are the ones I favor, especially for people who want to learn something right. to do on their own at home without supervision all the time. <laughs> and, and so I go into all that in the book. It should not be hard. To meditate, yeah. Well, and I, I think about this, um, you know, probably thousands of years ago, you know, they didn't have iPhones and they didn't have computers and they didn't have all the stuff going on. And so there was more quiet time, you know, if you think about that. Um, maybe so, but they, uh, they had wild animals. True. And um, do you think... Do you think they, <laughs> but do you think, I'm just curious. I mean, I'm thinking about this, you know, I try to get out of the box a little bit here and I think, okay, now we have such a hard time meditating because there's so much going on. And that's yeah. the truth because honestly, so, what? if I may, no, it's yes, sir. Not that meditation, it, it's not that those things make meditation hard. They just make it hard to find the time. And I agree with that. And you say that in the book. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And it's true. We have to but find we have more distractions. But once you sit to meditate, it should not be hard to do. And the eye and the cell phone is off and the television's off. And, and just do it. Found your quiet time to meditate. And once you begin that practice, it should right. not be hard to do. Right. And if it is hard to do, I suggest getting I'm talking to your listeners here, yes. uh, getting proper instruction in, a, in an easy form of meditation. Right. And there's a lot of different um, CDs that you can get, or you can even download onto your computer where there are guided meditations, where a lot of times that's easier to get started if you have a guided meditation. And I have instructions in the book. But I also, and just this sounds like a, a commercial, but I also uh, created uh, an audio of the, ver of the written instructions in the book for people uh, who buy the book and want the free audio, they can go to my website. Oh, cool. Well, I want it because... <laughs> Because I'll tell you what, before we go to commercial break, you do have a really cool meditation that I, you have several, but this one I really liked. And it's about getting rid of your worries and your resentments and how to dissolve it. And I thought that was amazing. So, hey, that's you guys. That's not on the recording. That's not on the recording. Oh, shoot. <laughs> well, you're going to have to record but, for me. <laughs> the, the recording. <laughs> The recording is, it's about a 20, 25 minute okay. instructional recording because reading instructions is more difficult. It's difficult. So All I right. I understand. I understand. Hey, we got to go to commercial break. This is Nancy Yearold. I'm here today with Philip. I just Phillip. did a commercial. Well, I know. <laughs> we got to go to commercial break. You got to get his book. Here it's called Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times. And it's by Philip Goldberg. And you can pick it up on Amazon. I'm sure I'm holding it up if you're watching me on YouTube. This is Nancy Yearold. This is High Road to Humanity. And I will be right back with Phil. <laughs> Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. 
Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book a session with Nancy to learn how to tap into your own abilities. Hold your head high, the world is coming. Watch the colors lift your soul. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed a miracle? I think most of us probably have. Whether it's a financial emergency, health crisis, or some other serious situation, most of us know the feeling of helplessness and even hopelessness. Now imagine having to wait for a miracle for six months, even a year or more. That's the situation for thousands of children all around the world who are waiting for a sponsor. Their only hope of escaping the poverty around them is someone like you choosing them. This is Nancy Yarrow, and I'm joining with compassion to give you the chance to be the miracle in a child's life. For a little more than a dollar a day, you'll provide the physical, emotional, and spiritual support a child needs, not just to survive poverty, but to be released from poverty in Jesus' name. Don't make a child wait one day longer for their miracle. You can find out more or sponsor a child right now. Just go to my website, nancyyearout.com. That's www.nancyyearout.com. want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now welcome back to the High Road. Hi, it's Nancy Yearout. I'm here today with Philip Goldberg, and we're talking about meditation. And, you know, I, I, you, there were so many cool things in your book. I really did pick up a lot. You say, I jotted this down because I thought it was really cool. A Zen master once said, enlightenment is an accident, and meditation makes you accident prone. I like yeah. that. Because we're all I trying agree. to reach enlightenment, you know? Talk to me a little bit about that. I wish I could take credit for that. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, people talk about, you know, higher states of spiritual development and use right. terms like enlightenment or awakening, uh, realization. Um, and those are very real things. The historic record is very, <clears throat> very clear. These these states are attainable and, and many of us have glimpses of it along the way. It's not like a one-time, you know. Early thing, yeah. and we we progress toward these states and become more awake and more realized along the way. But it's not something you can uh, force or predict or uh, you know sort of coerce into being any more than you can uh, you know force somebody to fall in love or to you know any anything that just occurs naturally and uh and many people use the term grace that these spiritual uh, development stages or uh, uh, realizations revelations that they they come by themselves and and they're sort of like gifts from the divine um but even though you can't make them happen, you can create the conditions where they're more likely to happen, where you're more receptive if they do arrive, and and you're creating the internal conditions to invite these moments in. And and that's why I like that quote. Uh, it's an accident, mm-hmm. but you, you make yourself accident prone by engaging in spiritual practices. Another metaphor is that uh, that kind of grace is is like the wind. You know, it, it comes and it goes, but you it, you can set your sails so that when it comes, you can fully you can experience it, it. Right. You know, a, a couple of things I want to talk to you about. You mentioned in the book, and I thought this was interesting, to meditate two times a day, 20 minutes. Um, 
I, I'm good in the morning. I have a harder time in the evening. Why 20 minutes and how can we make yeah. it a little easier? I mean, two times a day. How can I make it a little easier? I guess yeah. I'm, I'm going to ask for the audience. It's a scheduling thing. And that uh, twice a day thing, see, it's a very traditional thing, you know, among the yogis. Okay. okay. And, and it became a, almost like a formula back in the uh, 70s when Transcendental Meditation became so popular after the Beatles took it up and, okay. and went to India. And that was how uh, people were taught. They would, you know, that would be the recommendation. I Just see. 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes after work, before dinner. And, and so it became a kind of formula and it works. It does. Uh, but many people meditate once a day instead or, you know, you fit it into your, into your calendar. <clears throat> Whatever you decide to do by way of spiritual practice, by way of daily, regular uh, practice, the, the, the discipline of scheduling, it becomes easier when you do it for a while and realize how good it is for you. Right. Then you want to do it. I want to, want to do it. Exactly. Right. Right. Well, and there's another point I wanted to bring up that, and I've seen this before where people who have had uh, trauma or PT, uh, what, what is it? Uh, PTSD. PTSD. Where, yeah. Where they have uh, trauma situations, it helps them to meditate in the morning and then it also helps them to meditate in the evening before the evening starts because then they're calmer, maybe, yeah. you know, less argumentative or maybe just more calm, I guess is the yeah. word for it. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and that's why the formula came to be you meditate okay. prior to your day's activity. Okay. Early, you know, in the morning before you go about your business and you bring some of that calm and right. clarity into your life. And then okay. it sort of wears off. It's like the effect of a medication or okay. something, you know, okay. or, or exercise. You have to, you know, do it again. Do it again. Instead of taking a break after work if you have a typical day. Right. Uh, and before your evenings, you know, and, uh, fun or whatever you do in the evening that seems to be a good formula there yeah, i like a, it yeah, yeah. I think and it's a cool. good routine to get into and i i always found it you're right it's much easier to schedule it in the morning well you know some people people with a bunch of kids may have <laughs> yeah means. hard time right right but, i could never have done it when i was younger and my kids were little that right. afternoon sort of break Sometimes yeah. it's harder for people to schedule, and there's ways around it. I know people who meditate on the commuter train, or they they close the office door and meditate before they leave to go home. Yeah, my son-in-law, I think, goes out in the car in the parking yeah, lot at lunch, yeah, and that's that. what he does. Yeah. You know, when I'm yeah. traveling and stuff, I stop in a church or a library, and, you know, there's ways to do it if you value it, just right. as there's ways to find time to you know, exercise or go to the gym or, you know, eat, you know, do proper food preparation. Right. Well, Phil, I want to say that, you know, when I started doing this, uh, meditating and doing the show and having different people come on and the more I did it, then I would get messages. So then I wanted to meditate more because then I would get more messages. And then yeah. I could say, you know, Hey God, what do you, you know, how higher power, I call him God. What do you want me to know today? And then I would get my little message for the day. So that was kind of, you know, and you're right. Once you start doing it and then you realize it's helpful, just like exercising, then you're That's like, right. oh, I want to do that because I feel better. Yes. And, and in your case, the, the messages was a big part of the motivation. Right. <clears throat> For other people, it might be, you know, I'm just calmer. Right. I, I, my blood pressure is lower. Uh, right. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not as prone to anxiety right. or, uh, you know, I'm better rested or I'm, you know, thinking more clearly, whatever it is, mm -hmm. you notice the benefits of, of these practices right? and then you're motivated to do it. To it's like going. if you go too long without brushing your teeth, you notice it. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else does too. Hey, um, so after meditation, this is a cool thing I got out of your book. It's you say, send out a prayer. Yeah. If Which, you're inclined in that, in the direction of prayer. Yeah. That was cool. I thought that's to, appropriate. Yeah. You're referring to a section in the book where I give some practices to do 
at, before and after meditation. Yeah, yeah. Prayer is one of them. If you're inclined to prayer, why not? It's a good transition from uh, a deep meditation into your active life to pray, to sing, to do anything on a, a, a devotional nature or a guided, you know, a, a visualization. And yeah. There's a number of things you can do, but the mind is quiet. Yeah. And the attunement is there. So if you pray, whether you pray because you're in, con in contact with however you can uh, imagine or conceive of God to be, mm -hmm. or you just uh, want to send out uh, expressions of gratitude and, and thankfulness or ask a question, when the mind is quieter, that kind of attunement is much more acute. You know, it's like a radio reception without static. I know, I know. And you say in the book, prayer does not change God, but it changes him who prays. I like that. Yeah, again, that's not me. But it's, <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good quote. And it is a good quote. It's from a Danish uh, theologian, I think it was, wasn't it? But it's very good because... Yeah, I mean, it helps. Um, I don't know. I just feel like when you send out the energy, I thought that was really interesting how you said that because after meditation, your energy is really good and you're really clear and you're kind of at a different place. And so to send the energy or a prayer out to a loved one or to somebody, I mean, yeah. I just thought that was really cool because I thought, well, that would be the perfect time to do that. Yes, it is. It, yeah. it, it's a great time to do that. And, yeah. you're, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> And it also stops you from finishing up your period of meditation and jumping out of the chair and too quickly. Well, yeah, and then you say keep a book. I thought this was interesting, too. You say keep a book near you when you're done meditating because when you open the book, now check this out, you guys, and it made sense. When you open the book and you read, then you're more clear. And you, yeah. may, look, you may read it and perceive something completely different. Can you talk about right. that real quick? Yeah, and so I, I it's, again, one of the options um, for those inclined to reading sacred texts mm -hmm. or scripture or, you know, anything of uh, spiritual or self-improvement basis where you want to fully take it in and comprehend, again, doing it with, when the mind is quiet and you're in a more reflective uh, and more receptive uh, frame of mind, you will find uh, deeper meaning, perhaps, even in something you've read before. Hmm. And so that's also a, a good transition option is to is to do that. I, I always have a few books at my side uh, in, where I meditate and where I sleep. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, I can say, oh, you know, let me open a page at random, perhaps, or let me see what comes next, right. you know, where the bookmark is. And it, it's a good time to do that, That's even if time. it's just a few minutes. Yeah. Hey, listen, we're getting ready to go to commercial break. But when we come back, I want to talk about the big picture. I want to talk about the shift that's happening right now. So um, when we get back, we're going to talk about that. You guys, I'm here today with Philip Goldberg. His book is called Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times. If you're watching me on YouTube, I'm holding it up. You can pick it up at Amazon. What's your website? Do you have a website, Phil? philipgoldberg.com. There you go. All right. Hey, you guys, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on, we have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30-minute coaching session for free to get you on your high road. Hold your head high, the world is coming. Watch the colors lift your soul. Do you struggle with knowing the right food for your lifestyle? Is there really a one right way to eat? As a chronic dieter, I was always so confused by the food rules and the fad diets. Where to even start? That's why I decided to go into health coaching. As your health coach, I will help you find the solution that is right for you. I will help you find balance. 
Unlike most dietitians and nutritionists, I focus on a whole person approach, not just food. I address stress, sleep patterns, underlying root issues, and so many other contributing factors to health. And as a mental illness survivor, I love talking about ways to fire up brain health. If you're interested in learning more and maybe even a complimentary consultation, contact me at www.sparkingwholeness.com or message me on Instagram through the handle sparkingwholeness. And now let's get back to the show. We'll be right back on High Road to Humanity. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or download directly from Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, so you never miss an episode of The High Road. Hi, it's Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Philip Goldberg. We're talking about spiritual practice. Hey, Phil, this is the perfect time for this book. I mean, it's either you start meditating and start getting spiritual or or what? I mean, <laughs> we don't really have much choice at this point. I mean, with the COVID-19, I really think, I'll just throw my thoughts out there. I really think this all happened so we'd have to sit still. So what? Um, so we'd have to sit still. So we have to go within. So we have to realize what's important in life. You know, that's my thought. What's your thoughts on this whole situation? And uh, well, you know, um, I keep being complimented for my great timing in bringing out a book about practice and and crazy times. And uh, but in truth, I wrote it last year. Right. Uh, We had no idea. It was crazy last year. Yeah. (laughs) But then COVID came and the election season heated up and it, you know, things got crazier than we ever imagined. So the book, you know, came out at the right time to help people. Um, I agree with you. I don't, I don't pretend to know why big events happen. If there is a reason, a cosmic reason, but I do know that um, we can interpret it in a way that's positive and helpful and useful. And we can do things that can uh, increase the odds that something good will come of it. And on an individual level, for those of us who are blessed enough to not be destitute because of what's going on in the world right. and, let's and say not that. be suffering right. from COVID, and not to be losing loved ones and worrying about feeding our children. For those of us uh, who can, who have been able to go through this period in relative, uh, relatively intact, it has been an opportunity to reassess what's important to us, what, I mean, in the absence of the usual distractions, we're almost we kind of been forced to be right. alone and and to and to learn the the how to the to learn the the, the value of solitude and quiet and being alone and not being distracted and not we're almost being forced to learn one of the great. In basic foundational spiritual lessons that every tradition teaches, which is that our our happiness, our fulfillment, our satisfaction in life is not based on the stuff out there. Right. Anything outside of us. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's forcing us to realize that, oh, look, I don't have access to the movie theaters and the nightclubs and the restaurants and mm-hmm. shopping and whatever, uh, and all the usual distractions. But I somehow I can be more at peace and I can be more content. I, I can spend more time going inward. I can do the, all the practices that are in Phil Goldberg's book. I know, exactly, right? Because I, have, I can do that now, and I'm motivated, and I see that cultivating an inner life is useful, and when this pandemic ends, I'm going to enjoy doing the things I used to love, but I'm going to be much more discerning. Right. I'm going to make sure I have time 
for myself. Right. I've been forced to spend time with my family, right. and I realize how important that is. Yeah, and you said that wonderfully. I mean, I just I want to reiterate that for all the people who've had so much um, tragedy through this COVID-19. I mean, I'm not making light of that by any means, um, but it has made us stay home and go within, myself included, um, you know, I've done things that I probably wouldn't have done otherwise, you know. And, um, but you talk about something in your book, and this kind of leads into it. You talk about flipping the mind. You yeah. talk about changing the thoughts, because thoughts have energy. And I've written a book called Wake Up, the Universe is Speaking to You. And I talk about energy. I'm really into energy and the energy of your thoughts and your words and all of that. And what I really got out of your book, what I thought was good, and you guys got to check this out. It's really interesting. He talks about reprogramming using affirmations. And I'm really big on affirmations and I like that. Um, and you talk about replacing the negative thoughts with the positive. Can you address that, please? Yeah. Um, this is, this is something is so old uh, and people don't realize it because it's sort of modern psychology has come around, you know, to uh, the cognitive psychology that you can shift your framework, you shift how you interpret what's going on and, and the messages you're telling yourself. And that has a huge impact on your well-being physically and mentally. The yogis have been doing this for thousands of years. Right. You know, <laughs> terms for this. Yeah. But it's very delicate. And, and I know uh, from ta interviewing people and looking at the research, uh, it's not a simple question. Sometimes it's simple. You know, you're, you're caught up in negative thoughts. You can shift. You can interpret something. Oh, you know what? I'm very worried and anxious about this. I can look at it in a different way. Right. Change your perspective. Change, Change that. Right. Shift the perspective on something. And sometimes you need to be reminded that that's a possibility. Because, right. you know, the mind, we're, we, we focus on negative stuff partly as a survival mechanism. You know, it alerts us to danger. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we, it's a good thing that we find things to worry about because otherwise, you know, disasters could happen. <laughs> but we take it too far, as we usually do, and we worry about inconsequential things. We worry about things that are really unlikely to happen. Mm -hmm. And we get angry at things, and anger is useful, but if you go take it too far and it it can eat you up alive. So shifting to something more positive is a, a, a spiritual practice of its own and a great uh, mechanism, a great uh, device for maintaining well-being and, and inner peace. Yeah. But you got to do it right. You can't it, when it doesn't work is when you get into la-la land and fantasy and try to convince yourself of things that are difficult to believe in. Well, what do you suggest? I mean, I don't mean to interrupt you, but do you suggest that, okay, so if I keep getting a, a weird, I get something negative in my head, what I have done is, I'll just tell you, I come up with a really positive affirmation, and as soon as that comes in my head, I'm like, oh, positive affirmation, and I say that. Ah, fine. If it works, it works. Okay. Then there's the, uh, but then there's other situations where, um, you you say you're angry at okay. somebody, and maybe that it's justified. Sure. You and and you start feeling you know negative thoughts about that person. Well, the negative thoughts are not doing anything to that person, but they're eating you up alive. Right. Shifting to oh, I love that person, and that person is wonderful. If you don't really believe that, it's yeah. not going to work. Well, yeah. <laughs> to something else. That's okay. positive. I see. Okay. All right. That person is driving me crazy. That person is wrong. What can I, I'm going to do something to, I'm going to change that relationship. And that's a positive a, a thought Approach, that's right. actually believable. Right. You can do that. Okay. You also talk about gratitude in your book, and I like this. Um, the ultimate thought replacement, you say, is gratitude, because mm -hmm. you say numerous studies have shown that gratitude produces um, major, let's see, uh, in, oh, it, it changes things in various measures of well-being. So it, it must change us energetically, is what you're saying. 
Yes. And, it, uh, you know, again, that's, I called it the ultimate thought replacement in that context we were just talking about, of shifting right. something positive. Whatever's going on, if you start thinking about the things that you're grateful for, in even in a difficult situation, it's like COVID is happening. People are suffering. Oh, my God. Ah, but. I'm so grateful for those healthcare workers. Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for the people stepping up to help the, those who are sick. Isn't it wonderful? I mean, that's something to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. And, and, and if on a regular basis, you take some time, you know, and, and people recommend writing down. Yeah, I like the writing down. I do that. I write down six things every day or five things every day that I'm grateful for. And I start doing that. And I journal, and I think a lot of that helps. Uh, what do you think? I agree. And yeah. But, you know, if somebody listening to this have difficulty with five or six things, one, just yeah. one thing you're grateful for every day before you go to bed or when you wake up in the morning. And the more you get in the habit of doing it, the more you notice how the gratitude. much there really is to be grateful for. And it, it shifts you into a more positive frame of mind. It doesn't mean you ignore the challenges of life or the right. difficulties, but it just balances your perspective and shifts your whole, what you know, as you said, the energy, mm-hmm. but also, you know, measurable data of you know well-being and how the brain is functioning and well yeah and it affects us physically and i think that's what um i always talk about the energy because i always believe that if you're you are negative and you keep having negative thoughts that's when you internalize and that's when you do have issues health-wise and that's why i think it's so important that people if you you know everybody has stuff happen in their lives we all do you know, but, and it's hard because you're you're constantly, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And if you can change that thought process, that's what I think is so cool that you talk about in your book. If you can just stop and say, like I said, I use an affirmation or whatever the case may be to change. It's reprogramming. You're reprogramming your mind. It's just like reprogramming a computer. And we have the ability to do that if we want to. That's right. It's the reprogramming. And there are, you know, people in psychology and everything uh, who, who actually use better and you're reprogramming your mind yeah but we can do it (laughs) yeah and it's not that difficult it's it's not like you have to you know take a course in computer i know all right we're getting ready to go to commercial break when we come back you guys i'm going to talk with phil about he has a podcast we're going to talk about when we come back so his book is called spiritual practice for crazy times uh you can pick this up at amazon if you watch me on youtube i'm holding it up it's a really awesome book it's a good size too i like it the size of the book yeah and i will say that the uh ebook version like kindle and all that's only a dollar 99 pick it up spiritual practice for crazy times. This is Nancy. You're here out. This is High Road to Humanity, and we'll be right back. Hang on. We have more stories to tell on High Road to Humanity. Check out Nancy's website, nancyyearout.com, to book your first 30 minutes coaching session for free to get you on your high road. The world is coming. Watch the colors lift your soul. Do you feel like something is missing in your life? Do you feel lost or alone? Do the things you buy for yourself lose their luster quickly? Are you searching for fulfillment within your heart and soul? What if you were given the ability to change your life for the better? To create what you want for yourself? What if I told you you have the ability to tap into the universal energy to design the life you desire? This was my discovery many years ago. As a businesswoman and a single mom, I had no choice but to pay attention to what the universe was revealing to me. And I learned how to use it for my benefit. When you wake up and pay attention to the messages that the universe is showing you, your life will change for the better. Because we all hold the ability to tap into the universal energy to enhance our love life, our career, our finances, anything you wish. This energy was created for our use and it's free. Now, I'm excited to share this information with you in my book, Wake Up, The Universe is Speaking to You. It's available to you on my website at www.nancyyearout.com. That's N-A-N-C-Y-Y-E-A-R-O-U-T.com, Barnes & Noble, and Amazon. And thanks for picking up my book. 
and may the energy of the universe bless you. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles, entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. I'm Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater, and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. We want to thank you so much for listening to High Road to Humanity. This is where Nancy and her guests tell stories that will guide you and enlighten your mind and soul. Now, welcome back to the High Road. Hi, this is Nancy Yearout. This is High Road to Humanity. I'm here today with Philip Goldberg. We're talking about his book, Spiritual Practice. We're also talking about meditation, spiritual practices. You have a podcast, Phil. How long have you been doing your podcast? Um, it's called Spirit Matters. Spirit Matters. I like that. And um, I co-host it with an old friend, Dennis Ramundi, and we've been doing it for probably four or five years now. Oh, my gosh. Um, because we just wanted to talk to interesting people who are wise. <clears throat> and so um, it's free. Um, and it's being, you know, we do it as a kind of active service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, for our own edification. So we there are probably close to 250 interviews now with spiritual teachers, scholars, some of very famous people, and uh, as, as I like to say, people who should be famous because they know a lot. And so there's much to learn in our archive, and I invite people to go to it. It's spiritmatterstalk.com. Okay. And subscribe, get it on your phone. Yeah. I actually look forward to doing every interview and then listening to it. Right, right, right. Well, yeah. because when you're interviewing somebody, and I'll just say this, sometimes you miss things and I'll go back and listen again. And I'm just like you. Uh, well, I did this because I really wanted to get the word out that there is a higher power and there is energy and we can change things for ourselves if we want yeah. to. And so I think that was my biggest, you know, in my heart so I felt like I needed to say something. And um, so that's why I do it. But I feel like just like you, it's so interesting. And I'm going to give this to God. God sends me a different person every week. And it's always the right person for what I need to hear. Do you find when you listen back that you you find yourself saying, oh, I wish I asked such and such, or I should have asked that? No, because I always ask everything. (laughs) No, Phil, I ask everything I want to ask. <laughs> but um, but I learn. Oh, my goodness. I will tell you something. Uh, I, I know the audience is learning because I'm learning. I have learned so much from my shows. I'm going on my third year. You've been doing a lot longer than me. But it's very rewarding, like you say, and you meet wonderful people just like you who are so knowledgeable, who every week teach me something and the yeah. audience that I didn't know. You know, and I can put it into practice, and it's been the most fulfilling thing I've ever done, honestly. And, and I, you know, because of my books, I have I interview people a lot when right. I'm doing research. Yeah. So I've interviewed thousands of people, right. and so I learned that I think you know, every time I think I know a lot, then I interview somebody for something and realize how much. I don't know. And and that's one of the reasons I did the uh, podcast, because 
I wanted to speak to people who are experts in things and know things and I don't and have a different perspective and then offer it to people who are on a spiritual path who, you know, it's, it's, we live in a time, you know, one of the, you know, we, we talk, we talk about the downside of being plugged in and, you know, being bombarded with information. The, the positive part of that is we have access to wisdom that beyond, you know, the scope of anybody in any previous generation in the history of the world. I mean, when I, when I first got on my spiritual path back when I was a student in the sixties, I remember reading something and, and, and uh, about the Bhagavad Gita. And I said, Oh, I want to get a copy of that. And I was living in New York city and had trouble finding a copy. Right. And now you can, you know, click on on a, you know, a link and and you there's and there it is. different translations at your fingers. I know I ordered one with large print so I could read it. <laughs> I was like I can't yeah, see this. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. Right. And um and we should take advantage of that so your podcast, my podcast, these are these are uh, contributions that people mm-hmm. you know, should take advantage of. Right. I agree. That's my, I mean, I'm not making money doing this. I'm just giving back. Cause I, I want to get the word out. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, but I mean, but it's really important, you know, that people learn. And if I can help one person, I always think this, if I can teach yeah. one person or help one person, you know, open up and realize, you know, that there is a way to connect and there's more to this world than, you know, going shopping and having stuff, um, you know, then I've done a good job. Who is the, who is your favorite interview? I want to know. Oh, I, I, I'm afraid people will hear it. So cute. Interviewed so many, and then independent of the podcast, I've interviewed so many people, right? You know, for my books, Um, and some of them are, you know, very wise people. I would have to look at my list because I think among I think I've learned the most from people I hadn't heard of. Oh, but I got I got a a a, pub, a press release about a new book or something. I said, "Oh, that looks interesting," and it turns out to be, you know, somebody who knows stuff I I had not explored. Right. I mean, we've interviewed on on my podcast uh, Sufi teachers, for example, from from Islam. Oh wow! Uh, and I learned, you know. M- things that I, I didn't know before. We've interviewed gurus and swamis, uh, and I'm more familiar with their perspective. I, we interviewed uh, Richard Rohr, the, the uh, you know, Christian contemplative leader. Um, and Do you think people are getting it? Do you think people are waking up to what's happening? That's that- a question. Uh, I think it's been a gradual thing. I'm, I, you know, one of two of my previous books are histories, essentially, of you know contemporary spirituality in different uh, focuses, and so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a student of the history of of, of American spirituality, mm-hmm. and there's no question that there's an evolutionary progress going on in the the sort of spiritual foundations of uh, uh, American life. It doesn't always seem so, especially the last few years, because there's so much craziness and turmoil. But in many ways, that can be interpreted as a backlash right. against, you know, the, the spirituality that's evolving, <clears throat> that's taking, getting people in touch with their inner dimension in the, you know, the, the, the inner goodness and the inner wisdom that is always accessible but that we are too distracted and we're moving away from dogma and my religion is better than yours. It's very clear that progress is, is being made. It can't happen fast enough for me. Me too. (laughs) Right. And I feel like, I don't know, my gut feeling is that we're just getting away from organized religion and that, uh, you know, completely because it hasn't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, I do, I'm a Christian and I grew up in the, in the church of Christ, but I look beyond a lot of these things and you have to, you have to open your mind and look at and different. that is part of what's going on. 
right. people, people being more exploratory, people right. being more open, mm -hmm. even if they're deeply committed to a particular path, like right. you know, Christians might be, Jews might be, right. Buddhists or whoever, they're still learn. They're open to learning from the other paths, right? And that that breeds more respect for the other paths mm -hmm. and, and more uh, harmony and integration. And and as young people especially will are are losing their tolerance for, you know, having to be exclusively loyal to a certain belief system or dogma. Um, and I think that is incredibly healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, it, and, you know, I just feel like people need to be honest, um, you know, and not be hypocritical. I, and, and so I just really like the spiritual movement um, because people are open and honest and they say, you know, and yes, you can refer back to the Bible or you can refer back to the Bhagavad Gita or whatever, but you know, at least we're starting to learn a little bit and get outside the box a little bit is all I'm thinking, you know. Yes, and we're also reinterpreting the organized religions. Right. Well, exactly, because it was like, well, we were only taught what we what people wanted us to know. There was a control factor there. I don't care what anybody that's says. That's right. And now you have openness to, to mm -hmm. wisdom. I just, we're recording this um, in mid-December, and you know Christmas is coming up, right. and so every year I re I, I reissue uh, something I wrote where I, I about celebrating the birthday of a great yogi who I, I consider Jesus a great holy right. well, I a agree great with that. spiritual teacher. Yeah, and you know I I grew up with atheist Jews. And then I, I took up paths related to uh, you know Hinduism and yoga and Buddha, but in my book in spiritual practice for crazy times I draw on all right. I think we lost Phil there for a second. I don't know what happened with our internet connection. We just lost him. And there. one of them is you know, are we back? Yeah, I lost you for a second there. <laughs> but you're back. <laughs> but I'm glad you I'm glad you came to visit me today. We're about to the end of our show. I'm really glad you came and you guys you got to pick up this book because there's so much in it. Spiritual practice for crazy times. It will help you, trust me. It helped me and um I'm into this stuff and I read it all the time and there was so many I really like this meditation that you did in here where you bring in the light and um so yeah, you'll have to record that one, right? <laughs> Right. Well, right. the book is available on as an audio book, so you can just. Buy all right. That. Well, Phil, tell us how we get your book and and your website and all your information. Thank you. Uh, I'm philipgoldberg.com, Philip with one L, and uh, everything else. You know, if people want to get in touch with me, if people want to uh, see about getting that audio recording, it's all on the website. Um, these days I'm not traveling, so I don't, you know, no one's traveling, so I don't have, you know, in-person workshops coming up or anything to plug, but my books are all available in the usual places, Amazon or other online sources in the absence of your neighborhood bookstore. And uh, I hope you, if you have questions, you can email me through my website and listen to uh, the podcast that we were talking about. When's your podcast on? Whenever we get around to post. I love it. Okay. So they go to your website to yeah. find it, philipgoldberg.com and they'll find your, your podcast there. There'll be a link to the podcast. Yeah. Okay. Phil, thank you. And and if you want to go to India next time, uh, we I, I do tours in India. Oh, do you? Cool. When are you going? Well, we had to cancel, you know, because of COVID. <laughs> yeah, right. But we, the last one was just when COVID was starting. Okay. We're now planning, hopefully, for uh, early 2022. Phil, thanks for coming on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nancy. It's been fun. Oh, thank you. It was great to have you. You guys, this book's called Spiritual Practice for Crazy Times. Pick it up at Amazon. This is Nancy Yerald. Hey, don't forget about my new classes, Intuitive Business Practices. Coming in January, nancyyerald.com. Check that out. This is High Road to Humanity, and have a terrific week, you guys. Take care, and we'll see you next Connect the dots. Keep the motion. Can achieve you. Let's hit the high road. 
you guys. Join me next week on The High Road for more stories filled with wisdom, love, and hope for our future. Have a fabulous week and know that by staying on The High Road, you will make it to your destination. Visit my website, nancyyearout.com, where you can book a private session to learn how to tap into your own abilities. And check out my YouTube channel. It's Nancy Yearout's High Road to Humanity. Wish you can achieve your goal.